Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols on the line after the Nationals' 5-1 loss to the Miami Marlins in South Florida. They dropped to 11-4 on the year, Dave. We'll start with Max Scherzer on the mound. Fastball location, obviously not there early. 55 pitches in the first two innings. Gives up a three-run home run by Marcelo Zuna. An RBI single by Martin Prado. 4-1 after two. Two-out RBI double by Justin Bohr in the fifth. Makes it 5-1. Scherzer hangs around for another inning, but definitely didn't look good out there. Five innings, eight hits, five runs, two walks, three Ks, one home run allowed. 99 pitches in just five innings. He kind of settled in there a little bit, but didn't end well for him either and didn't start well. Just a kind of odd performance by Max Scherzer out there. Yeah, he was um, not good and labored the entire time. I mean, um, it was only 74 degrees down there in Miami today, but he had completely sweat through his jersey top um, even before the first inning was over there. I don't know if he's um, if he's been sick or or if there's something going on, but he just didn't look right. I mean, Scherzer, uh, since he's been with the Nats, has exhibited uh, terrific control. Um, he really had very little uh, command over what he was doing today, and um, and it was tough there to watch, and hopefully um, hopefully it was nothing physical that he just was having a quote-off day, um, and the Nats made sure of that to allow him to uh, continue to, to eat up innings and pitches as the day went on. Um, it would be a shame if we found out that something physical was wrong and it was exacerbated by allowing him to continue to pitch uh, solely because the bullpen got used up last night because Joe Ross had to leave early with the blister. So hopefully it's nothing alarming like that, that um, that he just had an off day or maybe he was under the weather, um, uh, you know, that way. Uh, because that wasn't Max Scherzer we watched out there today. It just It was a pale comparison to what he's done for the Nationals thus far. Yeah, we've seen him struggle and lose his mechanics for here and there over the last year plus, but to see him like spraying his fastball all over the place, looked like he was completely out of sorts the first couple innings. Uh, just had trouble locating everything, and when he did throw it over the plate, it was getting hit pretty hard by the Marlins. They jumped on him early there, and not a lot of offense after those first two innings. He did settle in, as we said. They added a run late there, but a little concerning just to see him that off. And, you know, he seemed to he retired seven batters in a row at one point, settled in there, but just odd to see a Max Scherzer start where he looks that bad, basically. Yeah, you're right. I mean, 99 pitches, uh, only 64 for strikes. He only walked two, I should say only in five innings, but gave up eight <laughs> hits, the long home run, uh, had protracted at-bats against a lot of people. I mean, Ichiro probably saw – 30 pitches against him today. Uh, just, you know, just not a good performance. And especially when you consider, uh, you know, Matt Belisle and Felipe Rivero came in and really slammed the door on, on, on the Marlins, giving the Nets, you know, three scoreless innings. Uh, just, uh, just a tough one to take for Scherzer. And like I said, hopefully it's nothing, uh, nothing we need to be concerned about heading into his next start. Before the game started today, I uh, wrote a little, Intro our intro paragraph to our post-game story, Tom Kohler probably has recurring nightmares in which he's forced to face hard-hitting Washington National slugger Bryce Harper. Uh, Harper started the day 8 for 26, a 308, 379, 923 line, with five home runs and 29 plate appearances against Kohler in their respective careers. 
four of the five were in D.C. Of course, just one in Marlins Park before today, but gets a first-pitch fastball, 94 mile an hour in, probably 105 out, straight center in Marlins Park, one of the deepest part of the park there, if my measurements are correct, but no doubter by Bryce Harper. Six home runs and 30 career plate appearances versus Kohler. I'm surprised he doesn't just walk him every time he faces him or throw him a one-pitch walk out of frustration, but Bryce Harper just keeps on swinging a hot bat. Yeah, and he certainly didn't screw around with it today, uh, drilling the first fastball that, that he saw. And, um, you know, look, we run out of superlatives to talk about Bryce Harper. He was the absolute lone bright spot today in the game. Just crushed that home run. He's got eight on the season now with no signs of slowing down. Um, just, just, you know, it, it's hard to, to, to keep talking about him, but, but – but it's easy to keep talking about him because he's just so darn good and uh, so much so much fun to watch. Um, it, it looked like on a later at bat against there that the Kohler went to, to nothing but off speed against him and probably rightfully so. But um, you know if ever if ever there ever there's a guy that that, that Harper wants to face it, it's going to be Tom Kohler. And thankfully, since the Nats play the Marlins 19 times this season, he'll get another couple of cracks at him. I'm sure Kohler is kind of kicking himself for that one pitch he threw Harper. He kind of grew him a fastball there and gave up the home run. The only other hit he gave up in five innings was a dribbler by Wilson Ramos. That was questionably an error on the first baseman on the throw over there. Holds the Nationals to two hits, one run, one walk, five Ks, 85 pitches in five innings before he was lifted there. Kind of surprised he was out of there early, but a nice start from Tom Kohler, who's a serviceable pitcher, maybe not you know a top of the rotation guy, but a back-end guy put together a good start today at least. Yeah, you know, I was kind of kind of surprised they got him out after 5-2. He'd only thrown 85 pitches. Um, you know, good for the Marlins, I guess, you know, being able to, to rest their guy and uh, after the, it was obvious that the Nets were, were showing no signs of life at, at the plate, they trotted out four relievers, and four pretty decent relievers, I got to say, um, and, and they all got the job done. I mean, uh, this bear claw, um, you know, he's got a nice fastball and, and seems to have an idea of what he's doing. David Phelps, uh, now that he's reduced to a, to a short reliever, has been nothing short of exceptional for, for the Marlins so far. And, and A.J. Ramos is a pretty good closer. So, um, you know, the, the, the Marlins have a little bit on the ball down there. Uh, I don't think they've got enough talent to, to eventually compete in the division with the Nats and the Mets. I think they've, uh, they've got too many holes in their, their batting order, um, and they're not particularly deep. But, um, you know, you, you can see you can see by looking at the Marlins. You know, we saw Adam Conley and um, and Kohler today. Like you said, serviceable guys. Uh, nobody's top of the rotation starters, but but they've got a guy in Jose Fernandez who is a top of the rotation starter. And you just look at that uh, the pitching staff and, and um, imagine a couple of years down the road if they pick up a piece or two that that uh, um, that they are going to be able to. Um, you know, at least be competitive in the division. I don't think it'll be this year, but um, but I think that as with the Marlins, all things are cyclical. They'll probably compete for a year or two and then compare, tear it down completely again. Uh, one lineup note we should make mention of, I suppose. Uh, Michael A. Taylor in the lineup today, but out of the leadoff spot, goes 0 for 3 with 2Ks, continuing to struggle at the plate when he's not hitting home runs. Uh, Dusty Baker talked to reporters before the game, told them that it was just a day off from the leadoff spot, but not a day off altogether for Michael Taylor. I don't know if he had much of a choice, honestly, with Jason Worth out of the lineup, which we'll get to in a second, but Matt Decker leading off 0 for 4, 2Ks. I don't think he has a hit since he came up with that big double, and uh, he was called up from Syracuse and made his way down to Atlanta to help him win that game, but... Uh, 
they're planning on moving Taylor back to that leadoff spot, according to what Baker said. We've discussed this ad nauseum on this site at this point, but do you think it's better for Michael Taylor to be down in that low spot? Uh, Dusty Baker talked earlier this season about moving Danny Espinosa down there and how some of the pressure was off of him a little bit. and He was able to focus, and I, I shouldn't say he's still hitting 163 on the year after today, but it's a lot of K's in the in the back of the lineup if you move those guys down to the seven eight nine spot. But Michael A. Taylor at top doesn't seem to be working so far, and the fact that he needs to give him a day off today, a mental health day out of that leadoff spot, what does that tell you about what they're going to do with Michael Taylor going forward? Well, I think in the perfect world, Taylor should be hitting seventh or eighth, but the Nets don't have that option right now. And quite frankly, there's no difference between hitting seven eight nine or eight nine one, um, stringing the strikeouts together because Espinosa yeah. and, and Taylor are still two out of three batters uh, with the with the pitcher there. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, Michael Taylor is nobody's idea of a leadoff hitter. He's never been that type of hitter his entire minor league career. Uh, it's only worse at the majors. He's got a, he strikes out way, way, way too much. Uh, his on-base percentage is nowhere near what you want out of the leadoff spot. And uh, even though I wrote about it a little bit uh, yesterday uh, um, about the Nats' offense, uh, it's really only a matter of time that they lead off Rendon and move everybody up a spot um, and, and try to bunch up the, the good hitters as opposed to letting Michael Taylor uh, start the, start every game off with an out. Uh, it's, it's tough to, to say that at this point, um, but until uh, Taylor starts making a little bit more contact um, and you can, you can live, you can live in a prolific offense, you can live with a guy um, that's going to hit 20 home runs and strike out, 40% of the time, you can't do it if he's leading off. And, and they, they, they just the Nats really can't live with him uh, in the leadoff spot. And the only reason Dusty Baker is still trotting him out there in the leadoff spot is because he's a fast guy that plays center field, and that's what you do with fast guys that play center field is you lead them off. But um, they, just, they can't continue to do that. It's, it's an automatic out. He needs to be in a spot where he doesn't have to worry about getting on base, he just has to worry about trying to find a good pitch to hit. Um, and I think he'll be better off. But, um, but again, until Ben Revere comes back, I don't think the Nats have that option. I was going to say, they got to do what they can until they get another fast guy who plays center field back in mid-May from what we're hearing now. Hopefully that's the best-case scenario for Ben Revere. We also had the issue of Jason Worth going down last night. Uh, did something to his hamstring there were kind of obscure about where it exactly happened. They talked a little bit more about it today, but as of last night, Dusty Baker was just saying that he felt something like tightness in his hamstring. He had a day off tomorrow anyway before the day started, so they thought as a precaution they'd take him out of the lineup. Uh, you weren't on the show last night, but we did talk about uh, Jason Worth making a few nice plays out there. One really uh, nice sliding play to make a catch in the outfield, a rangy play getting over to left center to make another catch out there. So. He was going well, starting to pick up at the plate. This is exactly what you don't need for Jason Worth, though. If this keeps him out of the lineup for any length of time to kind of have it stall right now when he was starting to get things going. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to take, but the guy's, you know, 39 years old or whatever, and uh, this is what happens to older players, especially older players with injury history, is they, they don't stay on the field. I mean, this isn't a, a new scenario. I mean, you know, uh, good players, superstar players um, throughout the, the game, you know, when they start to break down, it, 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 it multiplies and it multiplies. And, um, you know, like we mentioned the other night on the show, you know, when he guesses right, he's still able to put a charge in the ball. And I'm sure he feels like um, 
like he should still be able to go out there and play every day, but the body just physically can't withstand it anymore. It's not surprising that that he would be that he would get the day off um a, a day game after the night game off anyway, but uh, considering as you mentioned the the tweet Tammy um even more so, hopefully um you know hopefully he's able to get back in the lineup when the Nats get home and doesn't have to miss any more time but this is what we're going to have to deal with the rest of the way with Jason Worth is the um not only just the injuries but the day-to-day bumps and bruises and tweaks and and that sort of thing being exacerbated simply because he is um you know and and I'll put this as politely as possible near the end of his shelf life as a major league baseball player <laughs> Yes, the fact that he's still younger than me uh, makes makes me use my words cautiously when I talk about that. But I'm not trying to play major league baseball on an everyday basis. We just talk about it, which is a lot easier. And I still occasionally hurt myself doing that. So I don't. <laughs> he's going out there and doing it. Hopefully, he can get back out there and keep doing it. Uh, they start a three game set with the Twins tomorrow. While we were doing our show last night. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on some oddly positive vibes going around about Johnny, Johnny Jonathan Papelbon, who seems to have spawned a hashtag nickname uh, in his interview with Dan Colco. And nice, I really like Jonathan Papelbon's performance on the mound last night, where he went out there and char- challenged Giancarlo Stanton after giving up a hit and putting the bringing the tie and run to the plate. I like the fact that he went out there and really just went after Giancarlo Stanton in a way we haven't seen too many people do and got him looking for the last out of the game and then had a nice interview with Dan Colco where he thought he was called Johnny Jonathan, as we mentioned, and kind of spawned a new nickname for him that actually had some positive things going on for uh, Jonathan Papelbon with the Natstown fans and a positive development. Are they trying to sort of do what they can to embrace a guy that they didn't like for the most part going into the season? Well, I... Look, I really have very little comment about, about Jonathan Papelbon as a person and as a personality. Um, I think my opinions on this subject probably ought to be kept uh, um, personal at this point. Um, one thing that, that, that you do have to say about Jonathan Papelbon is that uh, um, he's just got a he's got a pair of brass stones going after uh, Stanton and the method that he did last night. I will give him credit for that. Um, his fastball has always been flat. Um, back in the day, he was able to throw it by people. Uh, he's always had really good control, so he's been able to put it where he wanted. Um, he kind of channeled that a little bit last night, and and good for him. Uh, I hope that Jonathan Papelbon is able to perform as he did last night or close to it um, for the rest of the, this season as his contract expires. Um, as I wrote the other day, I, I fear that he will not be able to, but, um, but yes, credit where it's due. Um, he really went after Stanton last night and, and, and got him out on a good pitch. Three game set with the twins starts tomorrow. Gio Gonzalez on the mound against Kyle Gibson. Some uh, interleague action. Luckily for us, it's in the National League, so we don't have to worry about the DH tomorrow. Because I, I don't know who they use at this point with everything going on with the Nationals lineup, but they get this three game set starts tomorrow, 7.05 p.m. in Nationals Park. After that, the set with the Phillies, and then they go on a road trip, which we'll discuss at some other point. looks like it's going to be an imposing trip around the country, but the Nats dropped the finale in Miami today, 11-4 and four on the year. Nats nightly is sponsored by federalbaseball.com. Talk to you this weekend, sir. Sounds good.